Hayden Cole has always wanted to be a firefighter. It was in his blood, you could say. His grandfather, his father, even his mother and brother had served in the Lucky Seven. He'd always thought it heroic, and he had wanted that. He wanted to be a hero. Until the time came to be one. He'd hesitated. Afraid of the roaring beast had devoured everything in his path because of his failure, because he wanted the glory more than he wanted to serve a young girl paid the price. It had been eight years since that terrible July night. Eight years, and Sophie Benedict was never far from his thoughts. He thought about her whenever that alarm clanged to furious life. He thought about her whenever the, he ran training drills. He thought about her on warm, sultry nights like this one, when the crickets and June bugs sang their songs long into the dark. He thought about her especially when someone called him a hero. The man in front of him now who shook his hand, slapped his back, and bought him a chilly glass of nice imported beer. Ben's place kept on calling him that. For Hayden, it was like being forced to stand and stare at himself in some warped funhouse mirror. He knew that Eddie didn't mean anything bad by it. He also knew that Eddie wouldn't understand why he hated it. To Eddie Bales, Hayden was a hero. He had saved the sun man's son from a terrible death. Their generator overheated after a nice storm the boy had been playing in a secret passageway that once been used for underground railroads, if you can believe that. <clears throat> when Hayden realized that's where the boy was trapped, all he could think about was Sophie. When the flames howled and tore at him, it was the sound of her voice that pushed him forward. And the way he felt when he had finally gotten to her, seeing the puckered burns on her tender skin and knowing they were his fault. No matter what cost him, no matter what it cost him, he could never let that happen again. So he smiled, he nodded, and he accepted the beer and wished Eddie and his family the best and escaped outside as soon as he was able. He couldn't breathe. I mean, praise for something that any human being should be willing to do for another, especially a child, was suffocating. It made him feel like a fraud. It was funny that he'd wanted this, but it had taken the tragedy to show him the heroism wasn't something to aspire to. That kind of bravery, recognition, it could only be birthed from trauma and loss. Other people's, not his own. What do you think? Should we continue? Is that something we should do on the on a podcast? Should we read these books? Sure, was from earlier. Yeah. Nobody else. There's only two of us. Just be me and you, I guess. Cause Hayden sucked down big lungfuls of the night air and tried not to think about Sophie. He failed miserably as he always did. It was this time of year he always went to see her, check on her, just to see how she was doing. He felt like every storm in her life could be traced back to that one night. Those few moments he had hesitated to do his job. A hand clamped on his shoulder and he saw it was his brother Royce. 
You know, man, she doesn't hate you the way you hate yourself. You're just the guy who saved your life. His brother knew him well, too well. He can never hide his feelings from Royce. That's because, Royce, dude, that's just because she doesn't know any better. Maybe you should tell her. Royce shrugged. I think you need her forgiveness before you'll forgive yourself. Hayden really didn't like anyone poking around in his soft places with a stick, including his brother. Maybe especially his brother. When you're going to tell Livy Dodd that you're in, when are you gonna tell Livy Dodd that you're in love with her? And he just looked at her, plain and simple, said, I'm not. Then why are you here every Friday night? Brother, the same reason everyone else from the Lucky Seven is here every Friday. We're helping Ben Dodd's widow make a living. Royce took Hayden's beer and down the last half at once fellow. She was my best friend's wife, of course. I want to look after her. He didn't want me to. Oh, so this is, oh. This is, oh, we should have read this book first, huh? We did, this, we did the prequel, the way to do it. Hey, don't turn this around on me, brother. It's almost eight years to the day, Hayden. Have you been to see her yet? No. No, he looked up at the wide expanse. I get the feeling she doesn't like it when I visit. And say what you need to say this time and let it go. Royce took the empty beer glass back inside the bar. <sighs> the strains of some old honky-tonk playing the jukebox echoed out through the door. Right. He leaned back against that full log cabin veneer of a building, still looking up. Could he do that? Could he go see Sophie one last time and spill his guts, beg her for forgiveness? He didn't think he really deserved. Hey, Cap. Not a chance in hell, but he can go see her. He can make his yearly privilege, or pilgrimage. Sophie lived in a cute little college, cottage right on the river. At one time, it had been a ferryman's house. A man who made his living shuttling people, shuttling people back and forth across the river. It had sat empty for years until Sophie purchased it with the insurance money that had been in trust for her and her parents after his death. He felt responsible for that too, even though by the time the truck arrived at the house, it was already an inferno. Hayden decided to walk the two miles instead of driving tonight. Maybe he'd get his head straightened by the time he knocked on the door. Get all the venom out, or at least push it down far enough that he wouldn't spill all over Hayden decided to walk the two miles, but I already read that part. He checked his watch, and it was still early. Maybe he could make the t take her to dinner. It was the least he could do, really. Sophie didn't get out much, especially not during the day. Her skin was sensitive to exposure to sunlight. Another thing she could thank him for, really. Part of him had wanted to avoid her that first year when she was still going through her surgeries, the skin grafts and so on. The things they had to do to keep the skin pliable, oh, it had been right out of a horror movie. But she had forced him to go, and, well, Sophie, for her part, had always been glad to see him. Which sometimes made him feel even worse, to tell you the truth. He, he kept going over, he kept going, and he kept going, and if she could stand it, well, so could he. The habit stayed with him after she had healed. Even when she went to university, it was only about an hour away, but he'd made the trip nonetheless. 
He would have made the trip if he had been on Mars. <clears throat> Hayden used his yearly visits to remind himself who he was, his purpose, and what if he had failed. As he neared the house, he saw that there was a single candle burning in the window. He kind of knew it was for him. Hayden wondered how she thought of him now, if she dissected him and his motivations for her sharp analysis. He supposed he could ask her, but there was part of him that didn't really want to know what she thought. Yeah. He watched that flickering flame for a moment before he descended the wood stairs into the grassy embankment down to her porch. His boots were loud on the wooden planks and he was suddenly very aware of his every movement. The way he filled the space. He kind of felt out of place. He felt awkward, kind of. But that didn't stop him from raising his knuckles to wrap the door. Yeah. I think that's enough.